Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's uh, let's talk to our pal ESPN's Isra Gutierrez. is on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. They're truly steps beyond convenience. Uh, what, what do you make of that, Israel? Okay, Carmelo Anthony, we, we know how great he is, but I, I, I don't love it when a veteran is voted into the All-Star game when they're clearly on, on the downside. Like, he's – it's one thing for the fans to vote him, but – He's having uh, one of his worst years in a long time, even though his worst year is a really good year. I I would have liked to have seen one of the guys from the Heat make it, and the Knicks are terrible. What do you make of that? Hang on a second. So, Brett, you actually think that Hassan Whiteside would not want to be in the All-Star game? Oh, dude loves that kind of stuff. Have you you followed him? Yeah, I probably picked a bad example with Hassan, uh, but I'm wondering, like, a guy like Goran, who doesn't seem like he's a sucker or or a glutton for attention, uh, like Hassan might be, but I'm wondering if, like, you know, as you get a little bit older, even guys that have already been, I'm wondering what is the attraction. It's not like it's a massive bump in your salary, you know what I mean? Is it just a chance to party, which you could do on your own, on on your own accord? There's a little tiny, tiny amount of money you get, uh, but... Yeah, I would say with Carmelo, for example, he even said uh, before the Spurs game on Sunday, he said, no, I've got plans. He has no intention of going to the All-Star game. So this is kind of, you know, it throws a wrench into that whole situation. But uh, Carmelo's a guy who wants to, you know, extend his his prime, his career, his legacy, all that stuff as long as possible. So this sort of knocks another notch in the belt for him. I think he'll, he'll appreciate it regardless of what he has to go through. But as I'm kind of with you in, this, in the respect that, um, you know, it would have been nice to see somebody else. I thought Goran, especially the way he's been playing the last month or so, um, would have been uh, a nice replacement there. But, I mean, it's hard to look away from either Carmelo or Bradley Beal in that situation. Um, I probably thought Bradley could have made it even uh, more so because of Washington's record. And I, I don't know if any of this has to do with the Knicks sort of tumultuous situation and, and it being sort of a bright spot in a bad time for them. Um, I don't think Adam Silver really thinks in those ways or that, you know, whoever's responsible for picking that uh, final replacement. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of that sort of came into the thinking as well, because it's been a disaster over there. Izzy, did you think that Draymond Green was a little off base last night going off on, I believe it was his podcast, talking about uh, James Dolan and and the ownership of the Knicks being compared to as slave owner type stuff? Uh, Not a little off base, uh, a whole lot off base. (laughs) I I didn't think... uh, I didn't really like, listen, I understand a lot of uh, people when they want to make sort of a racial connection here um, and the sort of thinking that James, Do- I just think James Dolan's a, 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 an unlikable guy. Um, he doesn't get along with people in general, it feels like, and it doesn't matter their race and it doesn't matter who they are. He's going to, yeah, maybe he'll, you know, he'll, he'll act as if he's above people. And, but I don't, I wouldn't look at this situation and say what Charles Oakley did you know, as a Nick and was loud and boisterous and, and everything else. Now, all of a sudden, that he's doing it for, you know, against your organization, if you will, and you don't like that, that and you, the two of you don't have a good personal relationship, does that all, and then you kick him out, does that all of a sudden create 
the slave master mentality. Well, and kicking a guy so. out, and kicking a guy out for putting his hands on security and police officers does not make you make him a, a slave. I mean that that does not make you a a, a, a it's it's not a slave owner mentality when a guy is getting thrown out uh, when he puts his hands on security guards. Yeah, and and there's not a ton of people coming to to Draymond's defense here or or agreeing with Draymond here. So may, it feels like maybe. Uh, you know, a couple of our instincts are right that he's a little over the top on this, um, but I'm not going to rule out anybody's thinking on, on you know, how they see something. Um, I just think Draymond's probably a little quick with the trigger uh, when it comes to saying things. Um, you know, he's got a lot of confidence in the in the public eye these days, so he'll say something without maybe actually thinking it all the way through. Should the Heat be buyers or sellers next week or do nothing? They should always look to improve their situation. I don't think they should sell for the sake of, you know, let's say future earnings. Like, I don't think three or four years down the road is the plan to, if they're going to make a trade now. I think if they make a trade now, it's like, okay, we can sort of salvage this. We can still work with this season, try to make the playoffs, have a feel good story there, but still be in a better position for next year or the following year. Um, but I do think that with this run of success in this, whatever you want to call it, second half technically of the season, um, that I think that they think that they've got something brewing here in terms of the good combination of players and can improve it, you know, either drastically or somewhat for next year and still be in a good position again, make the playoffs and have that positive, you know, direction for the organization again. Um, so I think anything that they can do to help that, uh, I think they probably will pursue, but I don't think it's something where, they're looking at this year as one or the other, as, hey, buy for a uh, deep playoff run or sell just to get out and get in the, in the lottery. I don't think that's in the thinking kind of uh, with this team that's bordering on playoff good. Would you have uh, w- would you have been in favor of a move for Serge Ibaka? Would that have been a good move for the Heat? Uh, giving up what, like hypothetically? I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, my guess would have been you'd have to give up Winslow, okay? And I know the Heat don't have a first-round trade, a first-round pick to trade for another six years, so it'd have to be Winslow and something. I mean, you're going to give away a young asset for him. Probably not. Uh, I probably wouldn't do that for Serge. Um, I know he's got high value and that he can stretch the floor as a four and still rebound and defend. He hasn't really done both of those a ton very well for a long time. So uh, it's not like he is that super versatile guy. I feel like sometimes I can give you one or the other. But it's not even just Surge that I wouldn't do that for. I'm not giving up on a playmaking, unselfish, defensive-minded small forward um, just because his jumper's not there. Uh, I think there's a lot of value to to him, especially when you've got, let's just say hypothetically, you're playing with a girl on Dragic for a long time. Um, well, Goran's not your classic point guard, playmaking point guard, so you need another type of uh, playmaker uh, on the floor with him. So, um, no, that, that trade I wouldn't have made. There aren't too many trades I would have made for Serge. I mean, honestly, I probably would have tried to sell Hassan and, and try to get more back than just Serge uh, if you're talking about getting a big guy who can you know, play a role defensively. Um, but, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done it for Justice. Speaking of trades and moves, and I know Stephen A. touched on this subject and it brought it to my attention. I, it raised a question mark in my mind. How come we don't see so much backlash coming into the Oklahoma City organization for losing James Harden, Serge hmm. Ibaka, uh, Kevin Durant, and the other one being... I think that's it, right? Those are the three monsters? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. How, how, come, how come we don't have that much backlash on that organization? Well, 
I mean, you can give them a hard time, certainly, for choosing Ibaka over James Harden. And yeah. I think that's probably the point that Stephen A. had to make was, you know, they, there's no reason for them to lose. Yeah, they uh, chose Harden they there. essentially chose Ibaka over Harden. Yeah, and, and whether that was because of balancing out the roster of, you know, they didn't want to go, which doesn't really make sense because it would have been one, two, three, Russell, Harden, and, and Durant. Um, whether it was some balance for the front court or what have you, uh, they made that choice. Now, in terms of, like, Durant, that's nothing the organization could have really done. They did everything they could, put them in a great position, it's great teammates, whatever. You could argue the market size um, and the market itself, the city itself, is something that uh, can detract either other players from going there or keep people there. Like, that had to have come into thinking for Durant somewhat. Um, is it the same, no, is it the same guys that are running the organization? Okay, see. Say that again? It's the same guys that are running the organization. Because I'm wondering down here if the Miami Heat lost three or four of the best players in the NBA in the last seven years, I believe they it might be. Kind of did. Wouldn't they be a little bit more backlash going on down here? Um, I mean, the Heat kind of did. They lost LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and essentially uh, lost <laughs> yeah, that's right. Those are three of the best players in the <laughs> NBA. Blood clots. So, yeah, blood clots. We got health issues. Yeah, that is that is true. I don't think true. you can blame OKC for turning a small market into a successful team in such a quick well, we, we, we lost a, we lost an aging. We lost an aging Dwayne Wade. We lost yeah. a guy due to medical terms, and obviously mm-hmm. LeBron James. I'll give you the one out of the three there, but I'll have to argue with the James Harden, who is considered MVP status, and you're going with one of the monster free agents right now, or or tradable agents is, is Ibaka, uh, and then obviously KD, the big whale last offseason. Yeah, I mean, listen, Ibaka got traded, um, and that was, again, to sort of balance out that roster and try to give Russell some help in the backcourt. And it was uh, essentially the Heat's choice to lose Wade. And it was. It was. Like, I'll give, I'll give you the LeBron one. Like, they lost LeBron. Yeah, you like, got to give that up. Just yeah. like uh, yeah. they, the the Thunder lost Harden, but um, the other stuff is just you know it's issues. It's just organizational stuff that happens, and yeah, you lose Kevin Durant. It's, again, that's one of those deals where it was entirely on him, and not a lot of people would have made the choice he made. So it's just a unique situation for them. Can't really blame them. Finally, here, sixty seconds, Israel. What would you make of Wade with uh, Wojnarowski? Uh, honestly, I haven't heard the whole thing. Um, I, I, I I do think that it's it's clear though that he is not necessarily regretting his choice, but recognizes that, man, like it's not great everywhere. And uh, he had a really good deal down here. Um, I'm sure in his private moments he probably second-guessed himself and why he decided to do what he did. Um, but in the end, uh, I mean, it's not like he was going to be down here and win a title this year or anything like that. So um, I don't think it's too heavy on him. I think it's probably going to end up he's going to look at this as a wasted year unless he gets traded and, uh, or bought out and uh, sort of see if he can end his career in a different way next year. He's, or he's, the, to he's not in Chicago next year. I, I, I have a hard time believing that. Yeah. Hard time picturing that. Yeah. All right, Israel, good job. Thanks, man. Okay. All right, that's Israel Gutierrez right there. ESP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.